0: click on the big red button and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm absolutely thrilled to bring you our featured guest today, Dr. Azita Nahai. Dr. Nahai, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Ken. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Oh, it's great to have you here. And and I want to share a little bit about your background so our listeners have a context for who we're speaking with. So Dr. Zita Nahai is a kundalini yogi, a speaker and therapist. She's the founder of Trauma to Dharma, an experiential method that integrates a holistic mind, body, spirit approach to healing trauma and transforming one's pain into purpose. As a domestic abuse survivor, termed thriver, Dr. Nahai experienced a piece missing in her own recovery, and so she created it. Her decades of research support the use of kundalini yoga and meditation as a valuable therapeutic modality in post-traumatic growth. As a trauma specialist, she's fueled by her passion to awaken and empower others to become conscious and active participants in their own healing. Dr. Nahai's anticipated Trauma to Dharma book actually launches this winter in 2017. So Dr. Nahai, take a minute, let us know if we missed anything, and then give us an idea of how you got started doing the
1: incredible work that you do now. Oh goodness! Oh, well, you covered it so beautifully. Um, you know, it's they always say. You know, what, what does they say? You know if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> so I definitely didn't plan uh, this path in this life. But um, but thank God I listened. And so, you know, as you had mentioned, you know, I sort of had a rocky start to the first couple of decades of my life, particularly in my 20s, having moved through an abusive relationship. And my recovery sort of was the impetus for the work that I do now in, in terms of really transforming my life and transforming my trauma and and the abuse I had gone through and really recognizing a different way to relate to our pain. And so that became the focus of of my, not only my personal recovery, but my professional work and, and being a big nerd just was always really great at school and academia. Like I just sort of ran with it and became absolutely, um, obsessed with understanding healing and healing pain and where the somatics piece in terms of Kundalini came into the picture because it had become such a significant, um, Healing tool for me. And so did an amazing amount of Scientific research on it and learned like oh, yeah. Oh, yeah Here we are in the psychology world and we're so mind-heavy And yet we were missing the body piece and then the spirit piece and and we uncovered that wow, no, these two pieces are so necessary to really bring in this integrative approach to healing And so that's really what I sort of offer the work that I do
0: That's fantastic and it, I love the fact that, you know, you recognized, even though you were in an academic pursuit, that this isn't really in balance. We're missing a component mm-hmm. here. This is all mind. And obviously, the the pain didn't happen to your mind.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. That's great. So I want to ask you, because one of the things that I've found in my work and, and pretty much all the guests on the show is is that they've they have some kind of guiding principle sometimes it's a quote sometimes it's a mantra whatever it is it's a touchstone that when they're in partnership and they feel like they're kind of off in the weeds they can come back to that and it keeps them on track
1: what do you use for that and and how could our listeners apply it well the way i see partnership and relationship right i mean this is where the rubber meets the road this is where our real work begins you know be it with you know an intimate partner or a partner at work whatever it might be and I mean, these partnerships and relationships that those, these are minefields of triggers. <laughs> and so my number one mantra that I use and I share with all my clients is don't waste a good trigger. Oh. And by that meaning those triggers come up for a reason, you know, that we, there's always something someone says or does, and we immediately get this emotional burst of energy and We want to react. And, you know, there's a saying that if you're hysterical, it's, it's probably historical <laughs> oh. <laughs> I meaning so much of what people you know trigger in us isn't even based in now or in what they're doing but what they're bringing up in us and so you know the work that i do is really helping people recognize their feelings and to not let their feelings fool them but to help them guide them to understanding okay there's a deeper wound here there's something here that i need to take a deeper look at and I I love sharing the 92nd rule, which applies to not wasting a good trigger. And that's through Jill Bolte Taylor's work. Um, She did a great TED talk on my stroke of insight, she had had a stroke and then being being this amazing researcher that she was, she's basically studied her own stroke and understood the idea of physiology of emotions. And what she came to understand was that emotions like anger or frustration or disappointment, you know, This is an automatic response that's literally meant to last 90 seconds, meaning 90 seconds, meaning from the moment that someone pisses you off, which people do, (laughs) we have 90 seconds from when that moment is triggered until it runs through our body, runs through the blood and runs through our natural course. If it lasts longer than 90 seconds, which let's face it, it usually does. Mm -hmm. That's because now we've started to feed it. We've started to feel that emotion, a story, our story, like this always happens. I can never trust him. You know, things never work out for me. You know what I mean? So it's learning to take I make I make all my clients myself being the number one client, (laughs) take a 90 second break where I literally pause and I breathe (laughs) and I sit for 90 seconds. I don't care if you put it on your smartphone and, and really sit with like, okay, what am I feeling and what's the source so don't waste a good trigger.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. And I, I, it's funny you reference. I remember that TED Talk. It was brilliant.
1: Yeah. She, oh, it just blew me away.
0: Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And I I love that quote simply because what you said. I mean, there's a point where it's no longer the actual emotion. Mm-hmm. It's what we're doing with it. Right. And what yeah. we're doing with it is... is is chiseling it into our brain like this is the truth exactly exactly suddenly it's written in stone and we mm-hmm. there's no denying it because it's written in stone but we right. what we forget to remember is we wrote it yeah.
1: right ah oh, that's so true and yeah. we can rewrite it <laughs>
0: exactly
1: <laughs> and it's a whole yeah. lot
0: easier to rewrite it if you don't chisel it into stone first mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's awesome 90 seconds wow <laughs> i'm just sitting here kind of pondering like <laughs> how much time I would have back in my life I know. if I hadn't taken it past the 90 seconds that it physiologically is needing.
1: Right. Right. Cause in those 90 seconds we can move from reacting to responding. Mm-hmm. Such a difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is great.
1: Mm.
0: Well, I got to say, Azita, one of the things that our listeners love about the show is our guests are incredibly generous in sharing their own personal stories. And I'd like to ask you if you would share with us a time in your life when, well, truth of the matter is you kind of tripped up in a partnership. Mm -hmm. And just tell us, you know, what happened? What were you doing? What did you trip on? And then what did you learn from that that you were able to take forward and build on?
1: Right. Well... My trip up is ultimately what led me to the work that I do. So, you know, about goodness, it's been almost 20 years now. You know, I found myself, or really, lost myself in, in an abusive relationship for six years. So this was in my early 20s. You know, we're already lost in seeking, and um, I was looking for anything and anyone to fill an emptiness that I that I've had inside, and 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 so I found something. It was almost like I was struggling with my own inadequacies and not f- my, my lack of self worth and my own pain from, from early childhood and found a bigger pain to focus on. And that being this this abusive relationship and this abuser for six years of my life. And I know looking back, you know they always say, don't look at where you fell. Look at where you tripped. Mm. Like in terms of, okay, what got you there? You know, you know, and so for so much of it was, I think, so many of us seek outside of ourselves for this sense of fullness, and and the sense of approval and acceptance, and you know, and and if there's anything, and that's where the codependency comes up, where I, you know, I I started to lose myself in order to accommodate someone else, mm-hmm. and many of us do that, you know, where we would rather seek approval. I mean, it's like almost I would rather seek. I would do anything to seek approval, even if it means I go completely unseen and become the person you want me to be. And so, so much of the work that came through my recovery was, you know, one, how many of us fall into situations with people where it's, it's this idea of how empty of me to be so full of you, (laughs) Mm. you know, and it's, it's, you know, we go through our lives and people like the biggest insult you get growing up is like, God, you are so full of yourself. Yep. And yet now with all this work that we do, if someone comes up to me and you're full of yourself, I'm like, oh, my God, thank you. I've worked so hard to finally be full of me and not to be looking outside for someone else to fill me. And and so much of uh, my work with the relationship was, you know, look, when you feel there's something missing in your life and we all go looking for starving and longing, when you feel there's something missing in your life, it's probably you. You know, and, and where are we needing to cultivate those practices to help reconnect us back to ourselves? And I know for me, it, it involved some sort of a spiritual practice, some kind of a connection back to my version of spirituality, which allowed me to feel connected to my soul and making the decisions I get to make that feel vital and joyful and and just, you know, filled with gratitude. So... So That would be the trip up the trip up was losing myself, and it was almost like I needed to lose myself in order to find myself,
0: yeah, yeah unfortunately there's some some rough paths that we create for ourselves, but you know it's 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 fascinating is it there have been like three different things you've said that are like my favorite phrases like how to make God laugh and <laughs> with that you're full of yourself I've said that forever As a matter of fact, one of the other things you reminded me of was. When I'm working with with, uh, clients, with women, a lot of times, you know, abandonment issues will come up. Yes. And what I typically find is that the biggest abandonment is where they've abandoned themselves. Right. Because of just what you described so well of where we'll do anything, even if you don't even know we're here, just to be connected. Right. And deep down, we're realizing we're totally abandoning ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with women who literally are like, I don't want to go back in another relationship because I don't even recognize myself when the relationship ends. Right. And they had no tools Uh and no ability to not do that because that desire for that connection was so big.
1: Right. Well, you know, Ken, you really hit the nail on the head too with this idea of, as women, just naturally the feminine polarity, I mean, it is, it's... It's, it's giving, it's connecting, it's mm-hmm. contributing, it's nurturing. It's, so it's, it's, it's part of nature. And yet somehow we do it to default. Yeah. And one of the greatest uh, things a mentor of mine once told me was a selfless woman is actually a selfish woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, wait. It's like, yes, because actually we do need you. You know, you know what the Dalai Lama say, you know, the Western woman is who's Mm going to help save the world because we're so privileged and we've got such great opportunities. But you're no good to this world if you're not feeding yourself first. Right. Put on that airplane mask. Give yourself the oxygen so you can help your dependents. And so, you know, my gauge on on when any of us are recovering from these codependent tendencies of, of losing ourselves to feed others is if you feel guilty. You're on the right track, (laughs) meaning because the minute we start to take care of ourselves, we feel guilty. So now I have the recovering codependence. I tell you, if you feel guilty, that means you are actually doing some form of self-care that is necessary for you. (laughs)
0: Mm. Yeah. and You know, that's it's so interesting because. um, I work a lot with helping helping women get their needs met in relationships. And like we've been talking about, it's so common, especially culturally, to just say, Oh no, no, you're supposed to do for everyone but yourself, and you put yourself last. And so there is that idea of that's a selfish thing. And what I try and impart is that the most selfish thing you can do is not get your needs met, because then your gifts don't ever get a blossom. Yes. It's like, you know, you're you're surviving a drought. Right. A lot of flowers um, don't bloom then, right? They survive, no, but they no. don't bloom. So you've <laughs> got to get those needs met or else everybody loses. So that is actually the most selfish thing is to give up your needs, yeah. which of course is counterintuitive.
1: Exactly. Oh, so true. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. When when you think about, you know, your journey in partnership, and what I've found is, you know, usually there's some kind of a, I call it a dumb moment you know, One of those times where you're like, I can't believe I've been doing this this long. Like this was so obvious and somehow I avoided it. What's one of those for you? What, and, and, you know, what was that wake up moment? How did you build on that to, to actually make your life richer?
1: Right. It's interesting. My biggest dumb moment came via relationship or partnership with a person I only saw once and never saw again. And it's changed and informed the way I deal with relationships now. And this is while I was in recovery after my abusive relationship and had spent, you know, a good probably about like nine weeks in a treatment center getting help and healing. And so fast forward about, oh, my goodness, 10 years where I was now sitting in an immigration office at the federal building here in Los Angeles and was getting my citizenship and i had just i had waited too long i was born in london moved here never bothered to get it and so here i was now getting my citizenship and if anyone's gotten their citizenship later on you know you have to go through and t- have you have an interview you take like a test <laughs> you do all these you know little things and so it was i was granted an interview and i got called in by this immigration officer this big intimidating you know broad woman and she called me in and she starts to go through the trajectory of my life You know, because, you know, you're on trial, (laughs) you're essentially on trial to see if you are worthy of being a part of, you know, home of the brave, land of the free, you know, that whole bit. And so she went through the trajectory of my life. And at some point she noticed, like, okay, you went to college here and then you worked here. And and wait a second, there's a discrepancy. Why does it look like you've gone missing for this particular part of your life? And it was during that stint while I was away at treatment. Yeah, I was completely off the grid, off the map, you know, I was in hiding. And so she brings this up, and almost as if she had found what she was looking for, like, aha, this is why, you know, I'm not going to approve of your citizenship. And so I sat there and noticed how my defenses started to come up at the way she was hitting a really tender and relatively shameful part of my life. And, and felt the defenses start to come up and where all I wanted to say to her in that moment was, fuck you, you have no idea where I was then you'll never understand, like really wanted to just throw my arms out at her and attack and armor up. And instead I took a pause and I swear God is in the pause. I took a pause and something in me softened and I just looked her straight in the eye. And I said, look, in that time that you're asking about, where it looks like I went missing, you know, I was sent away to treatment because I was, I was recovering from an abusive relationship and I needed support, you know, to deal with my trauma and whatnot. And in that moment, I looked over at, you know, this officer intimidation who had been glaring these daggers at me before. And she had tears in her eyes and she just looked at me and she said, me too. I've been there too. And it was like in this moment, I thought, oh my God, you know, land of the free, home of the brave. Yeah, truth will set you free if you're brave enough to share it. And if, is there anything more beautiful than a Me Too moment? Mm-hmm. But like, we can't have a Me Too moment. I can't have a Me Too moment unless I'm willing to be brave enough to expose me. And so it informed everything for me. Where like, in that moment, she and I had this this vulnerable moment. And, and there is no such thing as connection without vulnerability. And, you know, God knows Brene Brown helped us out with that. And mm-hmm. that's why we're here to connect. And so I think that that experience, that duh experience was like, oh my God, you, we don't have to go through this life alone. We're not meant to, but we have to be willing to, to be brave enough to expose ourselves a little and know that in doing that, we will find our people. We will find our tribe whether it's for a moment in time or for the whole lifetime. And so yeah, that was that was a huge breakthrough for me.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. No. Yeah, and you know, something that occurred to me as you were sharing that story there is we're meant to be connected, right? And yeah. in that moment, when it felt like she was judging you or shaming you or whatever poking at that that wound of course naturally you're like i want to attack her total separation Mm -hmm. and instead you stopped and went i'm just going to tell her what happened and now you have connection yeah but your instinct wanted you to fight right and that's the thing about our instincts when we're in our instincts it's impossible to be in partnership
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: instincts are about self preservation which means just you yes it doesn't include anyone so it (laughs) can feel like the easiest choice because you don't have to think about anybody else but then you'll also be the only one there right so it's like when we take a second and go wait a minute if i just do that knee-jerk reaction I'm gonna get what I don't want. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm gonna feel separated, I'm gonna feel judged, I'm gonna feel all those things I'm afraid I'm being, that's happening.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: The real power is like you said, in actually showing up
1: in your truth. Right. Well, that's what I love about the word knee jerk. Like knee jerk emphasis on jerk, you know. There's, yes. it's, you know, there's, there's something there where that, you know, we don't have to act like animals. Mm-hmm. You know, we were gifted with this frontal lobe that can offer us a couple more, you know, opportunities when we're not needing to run in the middle of the street or run away from, you know, run, you know, because there really is a survival threat. Yeah,
0: yeah indeed. Indeed, that's true. Yeah. Me jerk. I <laughs> like that.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, Let's break this down for a second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where'd that come from, right? It, it's funny.
0: Yeah, it really is when you think about it. <laughs> well, Azita, we've, we've actually got to a part of the show that I call Bring It All Home, which is simply where we, we step away a little bit from the stories. And I'm going to ask you for some simple concrete guidance for our listeners where they can just take this little bite-sized nugget and take it home with them. And okay. where I want to start is, what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received?
1: Okay. Oh, this one's good, and it's so simple. Um, and this came by way of Yogi uh, Yogi Bhajan, who is the master of Kundalini Yoga, and brought it over here from India. And it's in regards to partnership specifically. He, he was referring specifically to to marriage, which for me I'm I'm. Almost a year into having finally gotten married um, after my trials and tribulations, I say my you know relationship for me was both my kryptonite and now my holy grail. So um, it's it's and the greatest advice he gave was that whenever we come to place of of just disagreement, which is happening a lot this first year, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he said for he told couples to go on a silent like meditative walk. He said, don't speak. Just go outside, hold hands, no talking, just walking. You don't even have to look at each other. Just hold hands and walk. And it's amazing the number of times my husband and I have done this now. I mean, it's frustrating because it's like, oh God, the last thing I want to do is to walk beside you. But the truth is actually, that's exactly what I need to do because when I can't see I can't see eye to eye, when I can't see eye to eye with you, then let me be reminded that I can stand side by side with you that wait a second, you know what, you're my ally, you're my teammate, you know, we're, we're walking the same path and in the same direction. And it's, it's shifted everything because it's, it's in that walking, we just start to move some of that energy, which is all emotions are right energy in motion. And, Before long, we could be 10 minutes, 15 minutes into a silent walk, and then one of us will say something, and next thing you know, we're able to actually have a really constructive conversation. Nice. Yeah.
0: So, Mm. I mean, congratulations, first of all, for finding your partner (laughs) and being married. Thank you. That's fabulous. Thank you. Um, Are the neighbors starting to figure this out? So like when you guys are walking, walking. hand in hand, they're like, "Up, oh, they're fighting again." Totally.
1: One, <laughs> they're like, "Wow, guys, you've you've been walking for miles since you got married." Is that? <laughs> is this like a health regime
0: um, you have? Well, kind of. Not the kind you think, but yes. That's awesome. No, I think it's it's and the the most brilliant part about it is it's it's the simplest thing in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's so old school, so basic and mm-hmm. just, okay, let's try
0: it. Yeah. And, and and what I was hearing you say, you know, like you said, it moves the emotions and everything else because it is, you're physically moving, but it's also just getting present.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not running away. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to get them to run away by attacking them. <laughs> it's actually going, okay, we're going to sit in this and guess what? We're going to hold hands and so neither one can go. Right. So it's holding each other accountable to be partners. Because the thing about partnership is the, the choice you make for partnership is never the easiest choice. Mm-mm. The easiest one is the one that doesn't concern
1: anyone else. That's easy. Oh, yeah. That was definitely the easy road. Didn't choose it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's such a great piece of advice. Thank you.
1: Oh, oh good.
0: <laughs> so along the same line, when you think of like you know, a book or a resource that you would recommend to someone around partnership or relationships, what would be that, that resource?
1: You know, I still stand by, uh, Harville Hendricks's, uh, getting the love you want, Mm -hmm. you know, he, and so much of that is based in Hendricks and Hunt's work on that, the Imago relationship theory, which I lose, I use a lot with my clients and, you know, it's so interesting because it's not, it's no news that our core relation, our core issues arise again and again in our, in our relationships and our partnerships. Um, and yet, you know, we call in so much more and we bring in so much more than just, just our baggage of old stuff. It's, you know, the brain also unconsciously creates this image of a partner to attract into our lives so that we can repeat old patterns in order to heal those wounds, You know, and so this is where that don't waste the good trigger comes in again because Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I've called you in because there's clearly more healing to be done too. But that healing can only happen if we're actually paying attention to the sting of the trigger and only if we're actually willing to do the work. You know, and that's where the soulmate comes in to help each basically help each other grow. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Or what I like to say, help each other unpack, right? Relationships, you know, it's the art of unpacking. Find that person who loves you enough that'll stick around to help you unpack. <laughs> nice. And and yeah, so, so that would be that, I mean, there's such wealth um, in that, you know, such richness in that book, the Getting the Love You Want yes. book.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, you just reminded me, I was speaking with one of my clients yesterday, and she asked me about a very similar situation where she's got this relationship and she, he triggers her every time and you know but she still mm. wants to be there and I'm like well you have an opportunity to learn right but you've got to make sure that's not keeping you from moving towards what you do want like if you just right. obsess on this and go oh no this is my like drug is that connection I feel by being triggered it's like that's not because necess- she's already knows he's not the guy for her there's like that nothing else aligns except for this one piece that really really both gets her excited and tears her apart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, so clearly this isn't about, he's your life partner. You already know that, but you got an Mm -hmm. opportunity as long as you can be present to it. Yeah. And it was fascinating because she's a very brave woman and she always just, you know, applies what she's learning and goes right into things. And it was, it was fabulous because it was like, she goes, yeah, she goes, that's what I was afraid of is that I was going to get lost in this trigger. And then I, you know, wouldn't be moving towards anything. I'm just like going for this excitement that I get from all that energy that gets stirred up. Yeah. And it was such a wonderful thing to watch this liberation of nobody's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just this is there's a reason you've brought this guy into your life. That's why right. it's not like anybody else. Mm. It's a unique yeah. lesson that's oh. available to you. Right. Right. And another um,
1: opportunity, yeah. Another opportunity to grow, yeah. and grow and grow. Yeah.
0: And unfortunately, a lot of times we <laughs> misunderstand that unique lesson. Going well, it's one of a kind. That must mean he's the one, right? He's like, no, 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 he's the one lesson. <laughs> he's not the one partner. That's why everything else doesn't work. But you've got an opportunity, so it's your choice. Because if not, you'll create it again. So <laughs> you can do it now. Oh do it yeah, later kind of exactly. Thing, It'll
1: right? keep coming back until it teaches you what you need to learn. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly exactly did you, did you ever see the movie um it's an old albert brooks movie called defending your life
1: oh i did i did oh. i
0: died when i saw that movie well not literally because then okay be, I'd yeah. be in the movie um, then you'd
1: be defending your life as well exactly <laughs>
0: but i just love his character when he's like so remember this lesson and he's like what'd you get out of that and he's like nothing i mean i mean wait wait once he figures out that he's got to do them again <laughs> yeah,
1: totally he's and like, no, he starts I got like it. trying to
0: make up the answer like he got it right when he's like no i didn't learn anything i'm sorry Okay, you're going to do that over, and you're going to do this over. <laughs> it's just such a br- brilliant analogy, brilliant. right? Of what's so the, brilliant. The choice we have.
1: It really is, and that the universe is very generous. So it'll keep giving us <laughs> what we need until we finally get it. Yeah. And it's got a very sick sense of humor. Yeah, it's like, okay.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like you really don't get to get out of this one. You have to take trigonometry. I'm sorry. There's no way around it. <laughs> I know. And it's like, but can't I what if I go into a different field? No, doesn't are you human? Yeah, then you got to do it. Sorry. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's so great. That's a great movie. Yeah, it was so good. <coughs> so, Azita, what I'd like to do is leave our listeners with an example of what I call the payoff of partnership.
1: And mm. what I mean
0: by that is if you would share with us a specific example of something that you were either able to do or create or experience, that was solely as the result of being in partnership it would not have happened on your own what would that be
1: hmm well this is it, it's interesting cuz like i said for me the crux of just so much of the work i've done was you know healing myself and coming into a place of self acceptance and self compassion and self love in order to be able to have that experience in 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 relationship to someone else which i've now recently experienced with my with my husband Ricardo, and I think what I've gained in the payoff in partnership with him, you know, was, was one one is just the idea of experiencing marriage, which some call the highest form of yoga. You know, it's it's it's, it's like having to hold a hard pose and keep holding it and knowing you can do it. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, and then it's interesting because for him, when I was, I realized that me having found the soulful partner that I have found. Um, you know, it really involved my finally being willing to accept and receive what I actually knew I deserved. And, and so much of, so much of me deserve, you know, finally accepting what I deserved, I ended up getting a whole lot more. And I say that because when I met him and he, I brought him into my life, all my friends now say, you know, you got a twofer because you not only got this you know, this, this husband, so this personal party relationship, but you also got a business partner. And so, and it's interesting because I, you know, in the work that I do, we also do a lot of e-courses and, and filming and he's Mr. Videographer producer. And so it was this me working on the program that I'm working on here. I was going like, Oh God, I'm still needing that, that person to help. And it was like, boom, Look, it's amazing when you're willing to be intimate and, and vulnerable and connect, you'll get a whole lot more. And for me, it's it's actually helped my business thrive and, and allowed it to take it to the next level. So it's been a real hell of a payoff, literally. <laughs>
0: wow, that's cool. Yeah, this is funny. And you know what, I mean, that's a very literal it's you know, literal. <laughs> um, contribution he's able to make to to you going to that next level. But I think that's that's a piece that's often missed because so many people feel like they'll lose their independence when they right. get in a relationship with someone and the reality is if you're in partnership you actually do help your partner to that next level you, you're the that extra you know juice that takes that next level where you can't get there all by yourself right. so it's and, really and, cool that yeah. you have that that personal experience on, on so many levels
1: and again i think so much of that speaks to the way you deal with your clients and especially the women when you're like i I helped them really recognize their needs and, and express them and ask for them. And if I didn't know what those were, I'd have never made it this far to even be able to be in this conscious partnership to where I, I am not only getting what I need, but more than I had even imagined.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. It's, and it is. It's, to me, it's, it's the catalyst for everything that we're looking for. And it yeah. allows the yin and the yang of the masculine and feminine to come together the way they're designed. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's cool. Well, mm. Azita, I think it's pretty clear that uh, you got a lot more to share than we have time for today. So <laughs> could to you do back. us a Nobody favor? Want me. <laughs> well, I would love that. But in the meantime, can you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you and find out what you do?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Well, you can find me on my website first at azitanahai.com. A-Z-I-T-A-N-A-H-A-I.com. And you can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram. It's my full name and Facebook. And I I try to do a lot of fun posts. And I tend to post a lot of my my weekly classes here in L.A. So you get a little little taste and um, and then yeah, we'll, I'll be offering up my new trauma dharma workshop. It's an immersion that I offer in the weekend weekend immersion um, in October. We're setting dates soon, so if you get onto the mailing list on my website, you'll get to learn more about that and more about the book coming out at the end of the year. So all good stuff.
0: Nice. And yeah. is your work strictly with women, or do you work? No, with No, it's
1: men and women. And, you know, basically, basically, it's anyone who's who's been doing the work and is ready to do more it's it's i do the shit to fertilizer work really life's giving you shit you know i help you. I, I don't want you to lose your shit i want you to use your shit and so we use it to grow <laughs> nice <So. laughs> i like that approach and by the way anybody that was listening is like ah oh,
0: i didn't get a chance to write it down what'd you say don't yeah. get all worried i'm gonna put all those links onto the show page so all you have to do is go to speaking Put in Azita's name, and you'll go straight there. Links, links, links. It'll be really easy. Hmm. So you can breathe again. <laughs> well, Perfect. Azita, this has been so much fun. I can tell that we definitely have, we're kindred spirits. And uh, it's, it's a privilege sure. to meet you. And thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. It was such a pleasure.
0: Likewise. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web.